This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. The soldiers are pretty well versed in driving the nail in in one shot. So they nail it into his wrist and then stretch the other wrist and nail that in and then stretch his legs and nail his legs in. And then you actually die because you cannot breathe. Because every time you got to breathe, you got to pull down on these nails for you to take a breath. And that's why they broke the, the, the bones of the other thieves because they wanted them dead quickly. But Jesus had already died. A shameful crucifixion. It was so shameful that Romans could never be crucified. No matter what they did, Romans will never be crucified. And for a Jew, being crucified was a curse. I'm sorry, this is really heavy for me that my king... But yet, while I look on it with pity, while I look on it with such pain, I want you to know that the cross looks down on you with pity and says, what a prideful fool. If only you could find the way of humility. And so while we look on it with pity, we need to check our hearts. I need to check my heart too. Because Jesus didn't die that brutal death for us to look on him with pity. But for us to get a good glimpse into what it's like to live this life of sin, that it's so gruesome. And he did his work, and we're going to see, and he fulfilled his task, but the cross still looks on each and every one of you and judges you in your self-righteousness and looks on you with pity as a beaten, gruesome mess that's still living in sin. And being found in human form, verse 8 says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Even death on the cross. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it's written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree for the Jews that was a curse he was cursed (laughs) no wonder they didn't believe that he was the Messiah that was coming into the world they're like he's cursed what are you talking about he's not the Messiah he's cursed look at him he's crucified they spat on him Isaiah 53 12 the second part of that verse says he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, with the lawbreakers. Yet he bore the sins of many and makes intercessions for the transgressors. First Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But don't forget, Paul is writing this in context of look at the cross, look at his humility, and emulate it. I don't want to move away from the context of what Paul is writing. Humility has to be an active part of a believer's life. This morning, sitting here in this room, this size, and people watching, I know that there are many of you who have struggled with shame that you couldn't get rid of, sin that you couldn't put away, addictions that you couldn't run away from. And this morning, the grace of God comes to you and says, He hung on the cross so that you don't have to live with that shame. He was stripped naked and was shamed so that you don't have to live with your shame. He was nailed to the cross so you don't have to be nailed to your sin. And he bled and died so that your sins can be forgiven. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. His body was broken so that you who are sick this morning can rejoice knowing that by his stripes you are healed. And if you don't experience this healing in this life, I guarantee you'll be dancing on the floors of heaven. I will join you. He had to go through all of that. He had to go through all of that. And sitting here are people who are struggling with shame, are struggling with sin. And I want you to know that if you come to the right position with Jesus, there's an emulation that will, that will follow where you will receive grace and you'll be able to show grace. Where you'll be able to receive his forgiveness of sins and be able to overcome the temptation of sin. Only 
it's got to start, hold on a second, why is this so annoying? My wife said a reminder to go vote this week. By the way, make sure you do that. And it just keeps on buzzing. It's crazy. Okay. Forgive me, Lord. So distracting, right? There we go. Because if it keeps buzzing, I'll still keep looking at it. Anyways, once you're in the right position, once you're in the right relationship with Jesus, there truly is a transformation that happens in a person's life. And the transformation happens because you're more and more and more attracted to Jesus and the more you want to live like him. You say, well, he overcame temptation. Well, maybe he can help me overcome temptation. Well, he showed grace. Maybe I can show grace. Well, he was patient. Maybe I can be patient. Well, he showed the other cheek. Maybe I can show the other cheek. But it all begins with the position. And look at this, how the Bible warns us of humility in particular, how it's got to be an active lifestyle of a believer. First Peter 5, 5, likewise, you who are younger, and all the younger people said, amen. No, they didn't because they're asleep. Be subject. I'm kidding, guys. Be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Humility is a key factor in a believer's life. James chapter 4, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Jesus' words in Luke 14, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Did Jesus humble himself? To the point of death, even death on a cross. That even is important because it talks about the absolute rock bottom of Jesus' humility. Not just death, but even death on the cross. To be looked at as a curse, to be looked at as the scum of Israel. Oh, you said you're a prophet. You said you were God. Come down now. Spat on him. Called him all sorts of names. Even death on a cross. Jesus descended down, deep down with the depths of pain, sin, and loneliness. You with me? He didn't stay there forever. Hey, hey, you with me? He didn't stay there forever. He didn't stay naked, bloody, hanging on the cross. Someone's got to get on their feet and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, man. Come on. I'm not a white guy. You know that, right? Okay, you get a little excited, okay? He didn't stay there on the cross forever. He descended down the depths of sin, into the depths of loneliness. But he was exalted to the highest place of glory. You see, if my king, Jesus, was crucified, bloody, naked, shamed, stuck in a tomb, and then when the disciples said he's risen, and the soldiers brought a decaying corpse and said, that's your savior? They're like, oh, shoot, yeah. We don't have, we don't need to be here. We don't need to sing these songs. We have no rejoicing. All this is just nonsense. The other worldviews would be right. But our Savior didn't stay in the tomb. There was an empty tomb. There were eyewitness accounts. He showed up to people. And when people wrote about it, there were people who actually saw it and they didn't refute it. They were like, yeah, it's actually true. It's right. He did rise again from the dead. And not just that, the Bible tells us that he was exalted to the highest exaltation, highest glory. Humility is a major component of a Christian's life because it's in the heart of what Jesus did for us. And the Bible tells us those who humble themselves will be exalted. But those who try to be exalted will be torn and pressed down. They will never rise. Look at verse 9. Therefore, that means for this reason. What reason? Because he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted, that super elevated him, and given him, bestowed on him, the name that is above every name. Jesus entered the world. He died. He rose again. And he's exalted to the highest level. There's no one else that's lifted to the heights that Jesus is lifted to. And he, today he's joined with angels and saints worshiping him about this very fact and this very truth. In fact, when we went to the book of Revelation, we saw the worship that's in heaven. 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, who was and is and is to come. John chapter 17, this is what Jesus prays. It says, Now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I'm excited about this because while we talk about the cross and it des- definitely stirred my emotions, this is why it all happened. Because now he's raised to a level that no other name can ever go above. The name above every name. Verse 10 says, So that at the name of Jesus. I'm preaching better than you guys are responding, man. Therefore, for this reason, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that's above every name so that at the name of every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Can I take a few minutes and just tell you about this name? Okay, great. Because his name, it's Hebrew. It's not Jesus is the English translation of his name. The name is Hebrew and Aramaic. It's Yeshua. And Yeshua means Yahweh will save. Yahweh is the name of the eternal almighty God that the Jews believed and worshipped. In fact, they revered the name so much that they wouldn't even mention the name Yahweh. In fact, you'd be killed if you mentioned the name because they didn't want to dishonor the name of God and break the commandment of taking the Lord's name in vain. And God made a promise saying, I will send a son who will die in the place of sinners. And Jesus is born and, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> communion wafers are hitting me now. Ooh. <coughs> the angel enters into Mary's dressing room. Thank you, Earl. The angel enters into Mary's dressing room and says, you will, be, you will have a child. And she says, how will I have a child? I'm still a virgin. I'm not married yet. I haven't been with any man. Says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will have this child and you will name this child Jesus. Jesus Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves because he will save his people from their sins. So every time people called his name Yeshua, Jesus, they were saying Yahweh saves. And he came as a Messiah, which means the anointed one, the long-awaited one, the one that will come, that will live a perfect life, that will live a sinless life and will die a sinner's death for you and I to be able to call on his name and be saved from our sins. And then he dies this brutal death. He finishes his messianic calling, Yeshua. So he already had the name Yeshua. So when it says that he was given the name that, that's above every the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow, it's more than just the name Jesus. Please listen to me. Because the Bible tells me in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8, uh, it says, I am the Lord, that capital L-O-R-D is Yahweh. I am Yahweh. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. I do not share my glory with anybody else. So when Yeshua, the name of Jesus, is elevated higher than every other name, it's not like Jesus grew up the ranks. Please listen to me. He came in the world, emptying himself of all his glory, lives a sinless life as a man, tempted in every way boy that must have been terrible for him because you and I attempted three hours and then we give in we're like man that was tough 33 years tempted no sin overcomes temptation all his life dies a brutal death that he didn't deserve rises again to glory and he finishes his messianic call his messianic task and he's elevated back to glory again where he is and now for us you and me to understand that his name is above every name all the things that the Jews were looking forward to all the things that the world was looking forward to finally God says listen now let me reveal to you who it is that you need to worship and who it is that's taken your place who it is that created you his name is Jesus and that's why the Bible says that he's a visible expression of the invisible God if you've seen him you've seen the Father I use this example a long time back. A lot of times people are searching for God. People are searching for God. People are like, who is God? It's kind of arrogant for Christians to say that Jesus is God, that he's the only way. Listen to me. No man has seen God and lived. But God made it possible for us to be able to get a glimpse into the one that created you. On your computer at home, you have many different programs. But you don't go into the C drive to actually open the program. Some of you guys are nerds, you do that. <laughs> I'm looking at my father-in-law, right? Because he would do stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. But anyways, I would do that too. It's kind of crazy. But most of the time, for convenience sake, you'll have an icon on your desktop. 
And when you double-click the icon, it opens a program. You don't go all the way into all your hidden files to find the program to be able to open it. Most of us cannot find it. But what you have is an icon on your desktop. You double-click that, and the program opens. If you've seen the icon, you know you have access to the program. Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. No man can come to the Father but by me. He is the way to the Father. God loves you so much. He, came, he loves the world so much that he didn't grasp onto his glory and say, you know what? I'll just flush the world and create another one. He loves you so much that he sent his son to the world. And he says, listen, if you've seen him, you've seen God. You worship him, you're worshiping God. And his name is elevated above every name, above every culture, above every prophecy that's written. His name is elevated above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow on heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Those saints that have gone and the angels are bowing their knees right now at the, at the name of Jesus. And on this earth, believers are bowing their knees at the name of Jesus. And under the earth, people are dead. They see, man, we rejected him all along. And he is God. He is God. He is God. That's why Peter, when he's preaching on the day of Pentecost, he says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, it says that Jesus seated at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Far above all rule, all authority and power and dominion. That's your God. And above every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Paul is writing this to a church in Philippi, which was a Roman colony. And it was very common in Rome for them to call Caesar Lord. Before any public gathering, before a game, they would say, Caesar is Lord. And Paul is challenging Christians and saying, don't bow your knee to earthly authorities. There's only one name that you should bow your name to. There's only one name that you need to confess, confess allegiance to. There's only one name that you need to worship and adore. There's only one name that you got to raise, and it's the name of Jesus. It's the name, you can call him Yeshua if you want to, because that's his Aramaic name. And in America, it's fine if you call him Jesus. It's okay if you call me Joel or Joel, as long as you love me, as long as you have a relationship with me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But there's only one name that's worthy of your worship. There's only one name that's worthy of you giving your life to. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. It will bow. Trust me, it will bow. It will bow. When he comes riding in on the clouds, every knee will bow. Every, knee will, every tongue will confess, the Bible says. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.